You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast for the people of Emmaus Road Church. My name is Ryan Chase. I'm one of the pastors at Emmaus Road, and I'm joined today by Mark Christensen. And this is one of our Hear and Obey episodes where we're talking about 1 Corinthians 15, verses 50 through 58. This is the text of scripture that Pastor Greg preached on Easter Sunday. Uh, I'm going to read through this text, and then Mark and I are just going to talk about the meaning and the significance. That's the way that we think about God's word all the time. What does it mean? We have to understand that meaning rightly. We don't want to just misinterpret scripture, come up with our own ideas. We want to know what did the author originally mean? What is the spirit of God intending to communicate through this? And then we want to be changed by the significance. So that's, that's why we talk about hear and obey. We want to hear it and understand it, and then we want to live it. We want to be doers of the word. So this is 1 Corinthians 15, verses 50 through 58. Paul writes, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you reveal to us things in your word that we would not know otherwise, like the nature of the resurrection and the assurance and promise of the resurrection that we have in Christ Jesus. So we pray that this word would dwell in us richly, and God, that you would sanctify us according to your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Amen. Mark, uh, before we turn the mics on, I mentioned to you, First uh, Corinthians 15 is probably up there. I, I'm not a big, you know, top 10 list guy, but just <laughs> informally off the top of my head thinking through this chapter is up there for me, probably one of my top 10 favorite chapters in the Bible. Um, all scriptures God breathed, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's all God's word. Um, but when I think about it, this entire chapter, um, again, just off the top of my head right now, I'm trying to think if there's any other chapter that has more significantly affected my my worldview, like more dramatically changed times in my life. I can think the way I think about the world has changed because of 1 Corinthians 15. And in particular, what it says about the resurrection from the Mm -hmm. dead, the nature of resurrection. Realizing for me personally, as I think back on my life growing up in a Christian home, being familiar with the Bible, acquainted with God's word, but realizing at, um, at a particular time, wow, the way I've been thinking about death and the afterlife doesn't line up with the way that scripture is talking about this hope of Mm. bodily resurrection. Just like Jesus was raised from the dead, we're going to be raised from the dead. And that, that so dramatically changes everything for me. Yeah. So love this chapter. Yeah. This might be a stretch, but when we're talking about like the attributes of God, he has communicable attributes, incommunicable attributes, 
this is something that I feel like it's text like first Corinthians 15 that really makes the truth of the resurrection of our bodies touch down. Yeah. Whereas it's not this, we can't really fathom what it's going to be like when we're raised from the dead, Christ comes again, restores everything. But when Paul says we're all going to be changed mm-hmm. and not just made into something else, yeah. we're going to be made perfect, new, something that we can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, at least gives me more hope yeah. um, thinking about the resurrection yeah. where it's like, I know that's going to be like in some small aspect mm-hmm. and it's going to be better, far yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. That's well said. I, I love how Greg, um, you know, he could have cut this off after verse 57 and just left 58 separate. Mm. But the fact that all of first Corinthians 15 ends with this sentence, therefore my beloved brothers. So it, it really is, um, a main point that Paul draws in conclusion based on everything he just said in, in all of chapter 15 about the resurrection. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is kind of starting uh, on the back end of application, but it does help when scripture makes some of those applications for us and we know, okay, th- this is the effect that this text is supposed to have yep. on me. That That's informative. And... Uh, I, th- I thought it was helpful that Greg tied that together and showed right, the resurrection is not just um, an abstract idea to think about. It's not just um, a distant future reality that makes no difference now, but it will be a great thing when it arrives in the future. Like, no, it, it has an effect on us in the here and now mm-hmm. because we will be one day off in the future changed, resurrected from the dead. Therefore, right now, we can be steadfast, immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. Um, we can know that right now, today, our labor is not in vain. That, right. that is tremendous hope. We, we need that so desperately. Yeah. And the thinking context of when Paul was writing here, this Corinthian church was a church that um, was dearly beloved by Paul, but they weren't getting things right. Mm. Um, they were struggling with what it means to be resurrected mm-hmm. um, from the dead. They were struggling with other things like gifts of the spirit. Um, but here Paul lays the whole foundation in all chapter 15. And then it's really the house verse 58 on top of that foundation. Mm-hmm. He says, therefore, because of everything that was just laid, mm-hmm. here's what we're able to see and um, hold on to um, yeah. something that's a little more um, material. Maybe yeah. uh, stand fast, be immovable. Um, don't give in when trials, persecution, whatever that may be yeah. comes towards you. Yeah, it's a great reminder in those moments when we're discouraged, um, not seeing much purpose or value in our lives. One of the ways to battle that is to meditate on the reality of the resurrection, this hope that Paul lays mm-hmm. out here, we shall all be changed. First Corinthians 15 starts, um, Paul raises that question uh, in the middle. He's dealing with, there, there were people in the church in Corinth who were denying the resurrection people who were saying that Christ was not raised from the dead. So Paul's addressing that. That's helpful to me to see. Sometimes you hear the um, argument in in the modern world that the Bible, that was a long time ago. Ancient people were just more gullible, more susceptible to believing ridiculous things like resurrection from the dead. The fact that Paul, writing back then, was dealing with people who were saying, are, are we sure Jesus was raised from the dead? Like, are we mm. sure we're going to be raised from the dead? That, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? It's hard to believe that. that that's encouraging because it, it means they weren't 
gullible people. It's not like the ancient world, everybody just believed in resurrection from the dead. Now, this is a crazy claim that a man was raised from the dead with a resurrected body. And then because he was raised from the dead, then we have hope that we too will be raised from the dead. So, um, Again, Greg's outline that was that was helpful just to think about the assurance that this is guaranteed for us because of Christ's resurrection. We also will be changed. I just found myself yesterday during the sermon sitting there thinking about that. Do do I meditate, reflect on that reality? It, it's gonna happen. Uh, I'm going to be resurrected, glorified. The battle mm-hmm. with sin is gonna be over. Um, we will be perfected. That's just such a a hopeful, uh, comforting, assuring promise to reflect on. Yeah, and that's what Paul Paul calls it a mystery in verse 51. Mm. Um, he's not getting at the point of, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed as a whole. Mm-hmm. He's saying the mystery is we're all going to be changed. Mm. Um, and yet the caveat of, we shall not all sleep, not all shall die. Right. Christ returns, those people will be raised just like the dead mm-hmm. who are raised. Um, and so, yeah, we want to. We have confidence because God has communicated that um, this truth to us that will be changed, uh, changed that will be raised, just like Christ was raised. Mm-hmm. But yet, it's a mystery, and we marvel um, at mysteries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Greg talked some about the the substance of our change, what it is that we will become, and and Paul spent some time there in the middle of this passage talking about this perishable body must put on the imperishable, the mortal body puts on immortality. Um, he talks earlier back up in verses in the forties, um, what's 42, what's sown is perishable. What's raised is imperishable sown in dishonor, raised in glory, sown in weakness, raised in power, sown a natural body. It's raised a spiritual body. And Greg addressed this and he quoted, I thought um, it was a, a fitting quote from Gordon Fee in his commentary on this. When I read that, I think you know this was a common misunderstanding for me at one point, thinking, oh, well, when Paul talks there about contrast between natural body, spiritual body, where do our minds go? When, when we think, well, what, what does spiritual mean? We tend to think ghosts, ghosts, immaterial, wispy kind of, you know, ephemeral stuff. And, um, but Paul is not talking about, you know, well, right now you have a body that you can touch and pinch and, and see it's made out of matter. And then you're going to have this uh, out of body existence for the rest of eternity. Rather, he, he's contrasting not the stuff that our resurrected bodies are going to be made out of, but what our resurrected bodies are going to be powered by. Yeah. So it's a spiritual body in the sense that it's no longer subject to the curse and decay and disease and illness. It's no longer subject to sin in Adam. Um, now it's completely powered by the spirit of God. So mm-hmm. their, their material bodies raised from the dead with skin and bones like Jesus who came out of the grave with a, a material body still, um, but fully empowered by the spirit for a new kind of existence that uh, enjoys the, the glory of God forever. Mm-hmm. That, that changes everything. Yeah. And Gordon V had used the word dominated, mm. dominated by the presence and power of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like that idea because right now we're, yes, we are as Christians, we have the spirit indwelling us. Um, we're able to walk by the spirit, live by the spirit, but yet we're still most days 
you know, experiencing the pull of the world, yeah. uh, the influence of the world. And so talking about the spirit, life, of the spirit, life in the world, mm-hmm. um, there will be one day where we will be changed, where we will be dominated um, fully by yeah. the presence of the spirit. And um, I know sometimes in our MC, we'll have people just share, like really feel like the spirit was working in me today mm-hmm. and just the joy yeah. with which they share that there'll be one day where that'll be every day, mm. every moment where um, you'll have that same kind of yeah. um, fullness of joy feeling that this is one of those topics I've just found throughout my life. Various moments I can recall sitting around with other believers thinking about the glory of our future, that what awaits us mm. and just feeling um, it, it's a future glory and so a future joy but we taste a a foretaste of the joy just by anticipating how good that's going to be and just Mm -hmm. you know as you're talking about that thinking you know we we all have slumps we have days where it just feels like we're spinning our wheels where we're discouraged where um you know the the devil's sitting on your face um and and so to think of that day after day after day Mm forever uninterrupted it's not like the spirit finally gets kind of the upper hand and it's tip the scales tip 51 to 49 percent you know in favor of the spirit no it's just all spirit no more of the flesh in the the weakness sense not not talking no more material body but no more yeah outer and inner the the outer man wastes away through disease and, and weakness the inner man is affected by the pull of like you said the world and temptation and remaining sin and to think of all of that being gone mm-hmm. um, and the, the joy that we will have because the very spirit of God will, will fill us. It, it just makes this promise. We will be changed. Yeah. Um, such a, a hope to long for and, and yearn for and, and to live in light of that right, right now. Yeah. So that's a bit about the assurance of change yeah. that Greg brought out in his sermon. He also talked about the necessity of change. Mm. Why is it necessary yeah. that all of God's people must be changed? Yeah, he quoted Piper, and um, I I remember hearing Piper. I, I think I was like in person, maybe at a Desiring God conference or something, and Piper spoke on this. I, I just remember it was one of those, again, moments that was blown away, like something I never thought about before, that unless we are changed so that our capacity to behold the glory of God and enjoy the glory of God and respond to the glory of God, unless that capacity is increased, we would, we would not be able to survive. We wouldn't be able to live in, in the fullness of God's presence like Mm -hmm. that. Um, and so that connection again, yeah, so, so helpful in thinking this has to happen. We can't, as we currently are in our weakness, you know, there are aspects of our weakness that are not moral issues we are finite right. creatures we are yep. still going to be finite creatures it's not like when when we enter the the new heavens and the new earth then we'll we will also be infinite like god no we, we will still be finite only god is infinite in his knowledge and and understanding mm-hmm. um but our capacity will be so increased, in, increased yeah. um and and we'll be purified. So, you know, on both sides, we, we need something to be done about our, our finitude. Um, but we also need something to be done about our sins so that we can actually dwell in the presence of God. So mm-hmm. that point is also um, just rich and, and encouraging to motivate on. We have to be changed uh, for our own sake in order to enjoy God forever. So that, uh, that was, um, yeah, I feel like that 
got stuff done in me in hearing that yesterday. How'd that land on you? Yeah, I think it was just a helpful reminder that, um, one, we need to be changed. Uh, our physical vulnerability, our moral vulnerability Mm -hmm. requires it. Um, it's not like there can be anyone who is, um, going to see God face to face that hasn't needed to be Mm -hmm. changed. Mm -hmm. We're all in the same boat. Mm -hmm. Um, whether you're a Christian for 30 years now at this point, a pastor or a new believer, Mm -hmm. um, someone who's just baptized, you know, this last Sunday, uh, whatever it may be, we all need to be changed. Our vulnerability requires it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's helpful just to think of the, the playing field maybe isn't the right term, but the scope of all the people sitting next to me on Sunday morning or an MC gathering or a huddle, um, we all need to be changed. Mm -hmm. Um, and then to be able to glorify God fully in the way that we were created to, Mm -hmm. um, pre fall requires that change as well. And so, um, yeah, just remembering those things. And I think that helps me, um, it humbles me a bit, Mm -hmm. um, knowing that, okay, yes, I don't have to do all these things to get me closer to, um, you know, that change status or Mm -hmm. whatever, but it's fully relying upon the grace of God. He's the mover. He's the agent Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of change and I can trust him then. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the fact that Greg landed on that is one of his main points. The agent of change drew attention to the fact that this is a a passive verb. We we will be changed. This is something that's going to happen to us, not something we do Mm -hmm. to ourselves. That's freeing because it, it means that um, you know, as Paul makes that application, we can be steadfast and immovable and abounding in the work of the Lord now, not out of a sense of striving to change ourselves or perfect ourselves. And I think this is one of those areas where thinking through the image of God in kind of the, the biblical theology or the think of the story of God from opening credits to, to the end, um, you know, in creation, Adam and Eve were made in the image of God and there was no sin. After the fall, man is still in the image of God. We know that because Genesis talks about, you know, why is um, capital punishment fitting for a, a crime like murder? Well, it's because man is made in the image of God and, and God institutes that with Noah. That's in the world post-fall. So man is still in the image of God, but fallen. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's something about the image of God being marred and and distorted and and diminished and and kind of masked by sin because sin does not reflect God it's contrary to all that God is um and and then to think uh, that thinking through this the image of God in creation like that so magnifies who Christ is and what he did because it highlights for us he is the perfect image of God He's actually the image of the invisible God, and he became man, he dwelt among us, he lived perfectly, so he perfectly images God um, and and then redeems us so that in Christ we are being conformed to the image of God again. Uh, so that, that's happening right now in our sanctification. More and more we're being set free from sin and enjoying that freedom from the power of sin, being changed to be like God. But but this is in that realm of final restoration and glorification when when we will be completely and forever conformed to the image of God. Um, that That's a, a helpful paradigm framework for me to, to think through these things. Because one, it, it glorifies Christ 
who accomplishes our redemption and is fully, perfectly the image of God. Um, and then, like, like this text, it assures us that's going to happen to us. That change is change for the better, change to perfect conformity to the, the image of God. Yeah, that's right. A little earlier than the passage that Greg preached on yesterday, verse 45, 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just tracing back to this hope that we have in front of us of the resurrection of the dead, mm-hmm. um, it's no longer based upon your lineage, mm-hmm. uh, descending from Adam, descending from Moses, mm-hmm. descending from Abraham, uh, the father of many peoples. But yet the New Testament outlines very clearly it's those who are of faith yeah. um, that get a hold on to this hope. And so... Um, it's not just those who were born into a Christian family, mm. but it's all those that God is drawing to himself have mm. this hope laid out in front of them. Um, so I think that's something that we encourage people with when they're battling with sin or mm. weakness or temptation, mm-hmm. um, sickness, whatever that might be, is that all those who hold on to Christ mm. through faith have this hope um, assured right out in front of them. Yeah. 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 Th- I love how you draw attention back to that preceding paragraph. That's exactly Paul's theme there. And, and he talks about in that first Adam, he, he calls him the man of dust. And he says that as he was, so are we, which is drawing attention to the perishable, um, mortal nature of our existence. We're, we're made out of dust mm-hmm. and from dust, you know, the curse God says from dust, you came to dust, you will return. Contrast that with the second Adam who is also fully human, but he's not called the man of dust. He's called the man of heaven Heaven, because he has this existence that predates his incarnation. He takes on a material body, um, lives in the physical world, is crucified in that body, is raised from the dead in that body, ascends into heaven in that body. So all of that assures us God really does mean to save our our bodies as well as our souls but his existence um precedes even that incarnation so that he can be called a man of heaven and and for paul to say as he is so we will be um to to think of that being the the root the foundation like the primary um identifying point for us as heaven this eternal glorious existence to be changed into that. It's like, how, how do we even wrap our heads around mm-hmm. the glory and the, the goodness of that? It's incredible. Especially considering just some of the extreme heartbreaking brokenness we see in the world around mm. us. I remember last year when I was down in Louisville, Kentucky at the pastor's college, we had Josh Blunt, who's a sovereign grace pastor came in. I think he was teaching a class on, this might've been a hermeneutics. So how we study the Bible. Um, and he brought something up about he's doing some doctoral work on gender, sexuality, mm. and um, was reading some pretty <laughs> rough stuff in order to do that thesis. But uh, later in the year, I got the chance to go out and spend a weekend with his family and yeah. kind of preach at their church. But I was asking him around the dinner table one night more about um, what do you do when there's someone who has um, destroyed their body mm. so much through. Um, just this new prevalence of transgenderism and yeah. hormones and things people are doing to change their bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what hope do they have? Mm. Um, 
they've been given a gift of a body from God, mm-hmm. yet it's it's weak, it's perishable. Yeah. Um, it's not imperishable yet. And then they've destroyed it even more. Mm. Um, what hope do they have? And Josh was just able to point me to there's the hope of the resurrection from the dead. Mm-hmm. So for all those people who have damaged their bodies, mm-hmm. um, indulging in sin, there's the hope one day that yeah. they'll have a restored body just like you and I. Right. Um, which is so encouraging. And it's, <laughs> I think I cried at the moment mm. when he told me because, mm. um, you know, it's close to me. But yeah. uh, no matter what we've done, God is still good. Like you were saying, the goodness of God. Yeah. He's so gracious to, um, not treat us as our sins deserve, yeah. but yet he holds out that promise for all people. Mm. And just what a cool thing to talk about on Easter Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really is true that the grace of God far exceeds, super abounds, um, far above and beyond our highest worst sin, uh, as Paul says in in Romans 5 and again in Romans 5 he's talking also they're contrasting Adam the first Adam and in Christ um through Adam sin comes into the world and death spreads but where sin increased God's grace super abounded yeah. just to think like there is there is no um n- nothing we do is ultimately irreversible if the grace of God comes in and transforms and change so it changes us so like you're saying that nobody's beyond the hope of that through mm-hmm. christ um and it's not like in the resurrection then um you know well god can't do anything to repair that because you did irreparable harm to yourself mm-hmm. um no god, god's grace will change every sinner and um that, that's a that's glorious and that change is starting now yeah yeah, so we're experiencing that sanctification, which gives us hope. There's a, a continuity between yeah. our sanctification now. We already begin to experience the joy of some of these things. Man, there's so many, so many things here in First Corinthians 15 and, and this passage. Even just that little, it, it's easy to pass over. Paul uses this word sleep to talk about those who die right now before Christ's return. Mm-hmm. That has been a huge source of comfort to me. When, when I think about my own mortality, I'm mm-hmm. going to die. But Paul talks about our own death prior to Christ's return as sleep because it's as harmless and painless as falling asleep. Like mm. not, af- not afraid of falling asleep. Are you, you know, it's, it's refreshing to <laughs> lay down and take a nap. And, and it is that easy to God to raise the dead, like yeah. waking somebody mm. from a nap. You just shake them and say, Hey, wake up. It's, it's that easy. And to us, it seems death seems so final because we can't raise the dead, mm. but it's, it, it's like waking up a sleeping person. Um, and, and we will close our eyes in sleep here and then he will wake us up um and and transform us and um yeah the, the resurrection changes everything mm-hmm. and, and like you said to preach this on easter sunday every sunday we draw attention to the fact this is the lord's day because it's the day jesus was raised from the dead we are resurrection people all year round but yeah. to me the, the significance of easter is remembering the resurrection happened on a day in history. So the resurrection age has broken into this world and it's not just a big gap from, well, 2000 years ago, Jesus rose from the dead and then history proceeds as though nothing happened until Jesus comes back again. And in between, you've just got basically nothing happening. (laughs) Like, no, Mm. because he was raised from the dead. Now you have people who are characterized by the hope of resurrection, as well as the power of that resurrection life through the spirit in us right now. So this, it changes for us everything about yeah. who we are and how we live and what we value and um, how we see life and, and right. death and eternity. 
Yeah, we're able to live, um, I don't know, with the proverbial monkey off our back. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes maybe you've heard the saying before, you know, what's the worst thing could happen? Oh, I could die. Yeah. Uh, we had a couple of dear saints who were sharing their stories at our MC this last week, and they have four adult daughters who are all walking with the Lord. And um, they were, they said in one of their stories, uh, I think it was her story she was sharing, and uh, she'd said, you know, talking with her daughter one time, and uh, her daughter said to her, you know, what's the worst thing that I could happen, Mom? And obviously what's going through her head is, oh, you could die, you could mm-hmm. get ran over, whatever. Um, but then she she responded, she said, the worst thing that could happen is I could sin against God. Mm. Um, mm. And so just that perspective shift, mm-hmm. and that's what promises like this, the resurrection of the body, that's what it gives believers. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to fear what's coming next yep. um, because we have this assurance out in front of us. Yep. Yeah. Joined with Christ in his death means we've already died to ourselves, to our sin. That's been buried, left behind. So, so what is the worst anybody could do from us? Um, and, and that's why Paul says we, we can be always abounding in the work of the Lord, immovable and steadfast. I mean, how, how do right. you, how do you threaten people like that when, when you, you can't take their lives from them because they yeah. have the assurance of everlasting life mm-hmm. with God? Um, that, that should make us the most joyful people on earth, willing to risk everything for yeah. the glory of God and, and the sake of the gospel. So that's right. Glorious news. Thank you, Mark. Yes.